Welcome to You Might Relate, a podcast where we take relationships and mental health to the next level. I am Stacy Heaps, a licensed clinical social worker, and I have been practicing therapy for the last 15 years. There are counseling concepts and stories that I am excited to share. When we know better, we do better. Together, let's get to a place of radical acceptance of where we are while improving relationships and tackling life's transitions, one therapy concept and one story at a time. So let's get started to see if you relate. Hello, so glad to have you here. I hope you are making your day great. We are at Sunday dinner with the family. Nice conversations, baby announcement, good food, jokes, pleasantries. Kids are playing, adults are conversing, laughter. All of the sudden, a cold-blooded scream comes from the child section of the party. And I know, it's my kid. How do I know, you ask? Well, ask any parent who has an emotionally sensitive child and they will tell you they know it's their kid because it's actually more surprising when there isn't an outburst. And when there isn't, you don't dare to think to yourself, huh, maybe they've outgrown it because they didn't. It's just a fluke. (laughs) You will hear it next time. This week's topic was going to be something completely different. But I changed gears as I heard three stories right in a row this week, similar to the one I just described. It's a pattern, and I just took it as a sign that I should make an episode about emotionally sensitive children. Even if you don't have an emotionally sensitive child, maybe one of your friends, your siblings, maybe it'll be a grandkid, I guarantee that you will have someone in your life who has an emotionally sensitive child. It is bound to happen when things are going smoothly. You could be at a grocery store, an amusement park, or just at your house. And for no good reason that you can see, there is a firecracker outburst of emotion coming from a child that you helped create or that you're taking care of. And as a parent, you try all the things, and yet, here you are again. You ask yourself, what am I doing wrong? Should I even be a parent? You might pray, Lord, I'm sorry, but you made a mistake. This kid was supposed to go to someone else because I checked my qualifications and I don't qualify. Also, a side note, I didn't sign up for this. There has been a misunderstanding. And then you feel guilty for thinking those things. Yet you look all around and all the other moms seem to be disciplining and handling their children's minor behaviors with ease. Others might give you advice on how to solve that or pity you or wonder what you're doing wrong to get that kind of a reaction from your kid. You feel judgment from others, and that's mainly due to your judging yourself, but you don't have that awareness because you feel like you are drowning. How you thought parenthood was going to go is not how it's going. I see you. I hear you. And as a joke, I hear your kid. (laughs) And I see your kid too. I'm laughing because I have one of those kids. I will talk a lot on this podcast about how we just need to accept what is and who it is. Our kids are a great place for us to start. 
Growing up, some of us were told, quit being too sensitive. Stop whining. You don't need to cry over that. I'll give you something to cry about. Please don't say these things to your kids. There is nothing wrong with being sensitive. In fact, a sensitive child can be one of the kindest, most compassionate kids you will ever meet. I tell my emotionally sensitive kid that he has a golden heart. Was it a surprise to you as it was to me that our kids are not clones of us? They come with their own personality, temperament, orientation, likes, dislikes. There is nothing wrong with any of that. So, like I said, I have an emotionally sensitive kid and I have a kid with Down syndrome. And there are a lot of accommodations we do for kids with an apparent disability. They have special teachers, curriculums, different jobs, different expectations. The kids who look like they should have it together might need accommodations as well. Don't be upset at this or get mad at them. It is what it is. The more you fight reality on this, the more you hurt yourself. Some things to understand about emotionally sensitive kids is that they can become overwhelmed easily. I mean, you know that. They cry often, worry about getting into trouble. They really do not like to get into trouble or disappoint people. And their love language is reassurance. They feel things that other kids feel, except 20 times more intensely. Every emotion they will feel more intensely. So having a kid who is emotionally sensitive is super fun when things are going well because they get the most excited, the most hyped up, and the most into things. And when things are not going well, they get extra angry, extra anxious, scared, concerned. And, you know, sometimes we call this a hyperbolic temperament or emotional dysregulation. Some children who are emotionally sensitive get tested to see if they are on the autism spectrum just in case because they are also sensory sensitive. Loud noises, bright lights, certain colors, textures, or really anything can bother them. For my child who is emotionally sensitive, the wind was really bothersome and scary. Other triggers can be large crowds, a teacher change, a move, a friend moving, or not sticking to a routine noises, reprimands, or just not knowing how the day is going to go. For my situation, I am kind of a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants personality, and my kid would have had an easier time getting to places 10 minutes early, just getting acclimated to the surroundings, just kind of watching and viewing, observing, and then melting into it. That would be ideal. And so we had to learn from each other. Some sensitive kids will be cautious about trying new and different things, which is tricky because then you either need to figure out if giving them more time to analyze the situation is what they need or to just not give them too much time to analyze and talk themselves out of it. Just know that your kid is not acting this way to punish you. Your kid acts this way because they are trying to communicate something to you and they do not have the skills to communicate it appropriately so they behave the way they do. Do not punish them. Teach them skills or find someone who can teach them skills. It is important to know the reason for the behavior. So maybe write this down if you're near a pad and pencil or you have your phone. Get into your notebook. Here's three reasons why kids have behaviors. To get attention, 
to escape, or it's a sensory issue that they need an accommodation for. Also, it can be a combination of two of those reasons. So just for fun, think about your behaviors. Let's switch it up a bit. When you are not behaving at your highest level, maybe it's a sensory thing because you're on your period. For me, I get a sensory overload walking into a grocery store, especially if it's humongous and has bright lights or loud music or is unorganized. I really do not like going grocery shopping. It's too much sensory for me. Back in the day where we had blockbuster videos, that was too much for me. I did not like all of those big shelves and I felt kind of enclosed and the bright lights and there's a lot of loud and talking. I hated going into those stores. So I know that I'm sensory sensitive because I also don't like loud music. Certain beats will bother me. Lights will bother me. Clicking of fans bothers me. So (laughs) I'm giving you ammo if you want to bug me. But no, let's go back to you for a second. What if your husband wants attention and you've been with the kids all day and you want to escape? What's your behavior? Um, You stubbed your toe. Probably sensory and attention. Maybe you wanted a date with your husband and he wants to watch football. Hmm, that's attention. Whatever your behavior is, you were born with it and it worked okay. Or you learned it and it's working for you. Your behavior is not always optimal and your kid gets to learn from you. Now hear me loud and clear. If you see a kid behaving poorly, it is not because the parents are not teaching the child. It is because they are trying all the things to teach. And it's a journey, not a race. Some kids get it quick, and some kids need years. So don't beat yourself up for how long it's taking. And don't give yourself too much credit if your kid gets it fast. It just is what it is. And if you are an onlooker, mind your own motherhood if you feel judgment creeping in. It took my little girl eight years. I mean, she has Down syndrome, but it took her eight years to be potty trained. And that was not by my lack of trying all of the things. She just was not ready. And that is true for so many of our behaviors and so many of our kids. So as far as disciplining, and I may get some pushback here, but I think consistency is better than harshness for all kids, but especially especially sensitive kids. Also, the more natural the consequences, the better. They need lots of love, time, and positive attention. Remember, even negative attention is attention, but we want them to want positive attention. Your thoughts create your emotions, and then your emotions are what create how you act. So if you have a thought that your kid is a crybaby or wimpy or, oh my gosh, my kid is crazy. I mean, I know we all say that in jest, but if you're really thinking that your kid is a crybaby, wimpy, or crazy, I just want you to notice how you feel when you think that. Do you feel like a crybaby, wimpy, or crazy when you're like, my kid is such a crybaby? What are you being right then? My kid is so wimpy. What are you being right then? (laughs) And sometimes, even when we say our kids are crazy, who is being crazy? Because maybe are we crazy that we didn't think that we were going to have a crazy kid? 
our thoughts actually create our outcome. It's a reflection of us. Our thoughts are a reflection of us. Okay, so how do you respond to them when you think like that? Of course, you're going to respond a lot differently. So now instead, let's try to think and see them in a different light and highlight and emphasize their strengths. And I know this is hard. Please know it's simple but not easy because I know when they're acting a certain way, we've been trained to respond a certain way, but that's just a pattern that we have to break. So let's try to see our kids in a different light. We're going to emphasize their strengths. And when they are acting poorly, we can say to ourselves, oh, that is the way their brain functions right now. And I get to try to do my part to give them tools to help them in their life. The mindset is so different from, they shouldn't be acting this way. They know better. They're just trying to punish me. They are just acting that way. That's the way they're acting. They're trying to communicate to you. Now, how do you want to manage yourself around it? When you see your kid's strengths, you will also see your strengths. And they will see your strengths and their strengths. Sensitive kids and parents of sensitive kids need downtime. Be sure that if there is somewhere or something overstimulating for your kid, provide accommodations or fair warning. Hey, so we're going to be going to Thanksgiving with the Heaps family, and there are going to be a lot of people there. And they're going to ask you a lot of questions, and how do you want to answer those? And do you have any concerns or questions for me? Hey, and where do you, do you remember where you escaped last time when you needed to escape? Is there a place that you can go to just get some quiet? Did you want to come to the car again or do you have a place in the yard you want to go? These kids need downtime, especially from crowds if it gets too much for them. So give them an opportunity, make, help them have a safe place to go to. These kids also need downtime at home where they can unwind and feel safe. And you can create a calm corner in your home or in their room with fidget toys, music and headphones, dimmer lights. They are doing such a better job with this at school. Setting limits is difficult with sensitive kids. Parents can either be too tired and let, oh, you know what, we're just going to let that one slide because I know how that's going to go down. And so we let them get away with things or we are just so frustrated and we'll have our own outburst and punitive punishment because I have had enough. I've had it. I've had enough. Listen, we cannot overlook behaviors that we would get after another child for just to maintain peace. And I know that we do that because I've done it. We need to be consistent with our consequences because when we're not, we are telling the kid, you can't trust whether or not I'm going to get after you for that or not. And when I say get after, I don't mean punitive. I just mean bringing attention to the more positive behavior. Our kids need to feel safe and have some structure. And when we disregard the structure, then they don't feel safe. So of course, we're not going to be perfect. There's going to be times when we let things slide. But I'm saying as much as humanly possible, we correct the behavior that is needed to be corrected. Now, there is a thought that says, ignore the bad, praise the good. But with outbursts that are violent or that hurt property or people or themselves or are detrimental, we can't just let those things slide. We need to teach, teach, teach. I do think it's a good idea to say to the child, whether they are sensitive or not, 
hey, I want to know your thought process when you did such and such. Walk me through what you were thinking, because we want them to be aware of what they were thinking when they behaved poorly. We want them to understand that their thoughts create their emotions, which create their actions. It's okay to say, you know what, I need some time to think about the consequence for this. Because we want to seek first to understand before we are understood. We want our kids to be the thinkers and not do the thinking for them. We want them to be able to label their feelings and notice where they feel it in their body and then decide what they should do with that feeling. It's teaching them to be intentional and not just to act. Also, it's okay for you as a parent to set limits for yourself, especially if you have a special needs kid or an emotionally sensitive kid. It can be exhausting. So pay attention to your own thoughts and feelings and where you feel them inside and decide what you would like to do with that. This is when you want to model to your kids that you are human and you are in charge. You don't want to ever say to your kid, I just don't know what to do with you. I've tried everything with you. I'm giving up. Those statements make kids feel unsafe and like he or she is such a problem that not even a grown-up knows how to handle them. Instead, say, hey, I'm feeling angry that my new mirror broke and I'm getting hot in my chest and my throat and my head. I have a headache now. So you know what? I'm going to go take care of myself and listen to some music in my room. I will come back out in about 20 minutes. Imagine if we modeled that for our kids. We're saying how we feel, where we feel it in our body, and what we're going to do about it. You didn't blame anyone about it. You didn't say, you broke my mirror. It just says, I am feeling angry that my new mirror broke. And man, I'm getting hot in my chest and my throat, and I have a headache. So I am going to go take care of myself in my room. I will come back out in 20 minutes. Imagine if your kids could do that. So please model for them that. Don't just hold everything in and pretend like everything's okay all the time and that you're a robot. Because then they try to hold it in too. They're, they're modeling after you. They're, okay, I'm going to manage my feelings, pretend like everything is fine. I'm going to pretend that I'm not mad, that I got everything under control. And then they explode. We have a spectrum of emotions. We are not living if we don't live in the positive and negative spectrum of emotions. We need to live on both sides of the scale. We need to teach our kids appropriate behavior for both sides of the scale. But anyway, don't skip disciplining. We want them to experience consequences and to learn and grow, but we need to be gentle in our approach because remember that emotionally sensitive kids will feel a reprimand 20 times more than your typical kid. And a lot of times they feel rejected. Oh, I'm not loved. Or they take it even a step further. It means something about them, not about what they did. And so even you can watch your words there. I understand that this is what you were thinking or that you wanted to do and I love you. And what's another way we could have done that? So again, it doesn't do any good to say, well, how will they ever live in the real world if they can't take normal criticism? You know what? I want you to say instead, this is my kid. This is how I am going to manage it. And as they feel confident in our relationship, they will be better able to handle life and other relationships if they have a firm attachment here. They will learn eventually how to manage their emotions and their behavior, but you don't need to be punitive about it. It is very important for sensitive kids to receive encouragement. However, 
these same kids, if praised no matter what they do, will actually have lower self-esteem than those who are praised for the efforts and noticeable accomplishments that they do. So if you praise your sensitive kid for doing what comes easy to typical kids, it gives them the message that you are surprised that they are doing that thing. (laughs) So make sure you praise them for efforts, not results, and for things that are real accomplishments, not just for everyday things that you wouldn't praise another kid for. But you can always be grateful. I am so grateful for you setting the table. I'm grateful that you made your bed today. You can be grateful. But if you're like, good job making your bed, then that gives the emotionally sensitive kid the idea that you're surprised that they did it. Do you see what I'm saying? We can have a whole podcast about lying, but sensitive kids lie. I mean, we all lie to get out of trouble. So it is important to praise them when they are honest. Also, do not ask a kid a question that you already know just to catch them in the lie and then punish them. Tell them what you know. If you can see cookie crumbs on the face and plate, then don't say, did you eat a cookie? No, they're going to say no. (laughs) And they just lied. And then you're going to have to say, why are you lying to me? Say, I see that you enjoyed a cookie and I'm so glad you did. The consequence is that now there will not be enough for dessert tonight or tomorrow. Dang it, what a bummer. What do you think you can do next time if you want a cookie? Yes, you ask mom first. That's right. Oh, you're so smart. Also, praise them when they are compassionate and kind to others. That is their superpower. So a lot of people ask me about providing an incentive program, and I think incentive programs are fantastic. Just know that no matter what the incentive program is, you or the kid are going to get bored of it after a while, and it will need to be switched out. There's no incentive program that just lasts forever and ever and ever. So maybe you'll switch it out yearly or maybe sooner. But the most important thing to note about an incentive program, whether it's stickers, you don't want to do food. The the most important thing to note about an incentive program is that consistency is the main ingredient, not what the actual program is. I would say try to use quality time. When you get four stars, then we get a special date, something like that. Something simple, we get to go shoot basketballs. I mean, you can come up with a whole bunch of ideas. Don't make it complicated for you or for the kid. Just simple. Please know your incentive program is not going to solve all the behaviors. In fact, it's not to solve the behaviors. It's so that they can be aware of their behaviors and the pattern that they have. And just be interested in it. Don't use it as a punishment. Use it as an awareness tool. And also as a routine tool and a tool to be accountable to themselves. Here's another thing. Being intentional about your vocabulary is very important. So try not to use the word no or can't and use yes language as much as possible. So your kid says, I'm going to go swimming right now with my friend. Instead of saying, nope, sorry, you can't because you didn't do your chores. You might say instead, I would love for you to go swimming. I think you can probably finish your chores in about a half an hour and then you're in the pool. Again, you could fight against reality and say, I shouldn't have to be careful with my words. They should just get it. And Dr. Phil would say, how's that working for you? How's that working for you to think like that? Also, I just want you to have your child grow up for a second. And I want your adult child to say to you, so mom and dad, 
I have to watch my behavior, but my adult parent doesn't have to watch how they say things? How is that fair? Sensitive kids show us how they feel with their behaviors. We want them to use their words <laughs> instead of behaviors to identify their feelings. So, again, a name and a picture to describe how they're feeling, maybe some cards, a poster. You can find a whole bunch of things online. Get them into a DBT therapist. There's emotionally sensitive kids, and then there's an emotionally sensitive kid. If you have this second one, you need a DBT therapist. Also, you can get workbooks online, get a DBT workbook, and work through them. Make it part of your routine. Actually, if you are a parent of an emotionally sensitive child, you are now the emotion coach. You are going to be the best parent at learning vocabulary. Your emotion vocabulary is going to increase a hundredfold. <laughs> and remember, it's okay to have all the feelings, negative and positive. We need all the feelings. We just want them and ourselves to identify those feelings and learn how to handle them. Along with being an emotion coach, you are also a problem-solving coach. That doesn't mean you're going to solve everything for them. You're going to ask questions. What do you think we should do here? How do you feel? Where do you feel that in your body? What do you think your little brother or big brother should do here? And you can offer ideas, but a good rule of thumb, if you're going to offer ideas, offer silly ones so that they have to come up with the real ones. For my child, since wind was such a trigger when he was really young, we would go places, I would check the weather, I'd have him check the weather to see how windy or gusty it was, give the warning, and then ask, hmm, if the wind gets so intolerable, maybe you could just scream at the top of your lungs. And then that was not an acceptable answer, but I knew it wasn't. And then he was able to come up with his own idea to squeeze my hand really hard. The harder and more scared he was of the wind, the harder my hand would be squeezed. And it was kind of like our secret message that the wind was scary. And if I would have come up with it, it wouldn't have been as effective. Let your kids come up with the solution as much as possible. Parenting is about using logical and natural consequences as much as possible. Punishment is so the parent can feel better, even though we don't actually. Maybe we do in the moment, but then later we're like, ugh, no worse Barrett. So for example, if our teen comes home late past curfew and we yell and scream that we were worried and now they are grounded and we slam the door, well, now the kid is mad at us because we didn't manage our thoughts and emotions and actions instead of mad at themselves. So if they miss curfew and come back late, when they get home, hug them. Let them know you are happy to see them safe and that you can talk about the consequences in the morning after you've both had some good rest. This way, they're not mad at you. And then they're going to be worried about what the consequence is and be mad at themselves. And then they get to decide if they want to do that again after they receive the consequence. Do they want to be late again? Do they want to miss curfew? Okay, I would say a good habit or routine to get into if you have an emotionally sensitive kid or an anxious kid, is to incorporate meditation into your routine. Do it in the morning or in the evening or both if you can figure that out. Have your child be in charge of picking the topic, the music, the sound, the accent of the person leading it. Teach them to box breathe or focus on breath in a way that's fun for them. Show them that in the moment, right in that moment, that breath is going in and out. And that means we are safe. 
And look at right now where all the family is surrounded with love, breathing in and out and everything is okay. If you practice that daily when there are not any behaviors, then when there are, you can tap into that resource. Listen, it's all about observing your thoughts, not controlling your thoughts. More on meditation later. But you know the story of David and Goliath? I think it's applicable here because everybody tells me, I tried to meditate. It just wasn't for me. I just, I'm not very good at it. My kid doesn't like it. Okay, so here's where I'm going to bring in the story of David and Goliath. David did not pick up a sling and a rock one day and hit Goliath first try. He had to practice and practice. He first got Coke cans and then squirrels and rabbits and then the fox, and he worked his way up to the giant. We can look at our problems as our Goliath. It takes practice to conquer them. It takes practice to calm ourselves and to teach our kids what we want them to know. We can't just give up just because it doesn't work at first. We have to just keep trying and keep practicing it. Well, there's so much benefit to it, and it's so simple. There is more to parenting sensitive kids. Obviously, this is, what, 35 minutes? But sometimes we just need to acknowledge that we don't have to do it alone. It takes a village to raise these kids, especially when you have emotionally sensitive kids. Grandpas, grandmas, aunts, uncles, therapists, coaches, teachers. This is just me here saying, I see you parents. It's hard and you can do it. The best of parents have kids that don't turn out like they thought they would. And the worst parents have kids turn out better than they thought they would. All we can do is get tools, read some books, talk to experts, and do your best. You don't have to be in a hurry. You will do it as you have time and energy. Your kid is having the childhood they are meant to have. How do we know that? Because they are having it. So next time you're at Sunday dinner with the big family gathering, try to arrive early. (laughs) Do all that you can to prep your kid. Walk through the scenarios that have happened in the past so that they don't happen again. Also, walk through how you are going to respond if things are to blow up again. Provide a downtime space. Lovingly set some limits. Praise all the efforts. Provide rewards, especially when they use their filling words. You should even give yourself rewards when you use your filling words. Help them problem solve by giving a silly solution first. Give natural consequences in a calm manner without emotion and make sure you are taking care of yourself. Take advantage of your tribe. Don't compare. Watch your thoughts about your kid. All of this isn't going to solve for all behaviors, but it will decrease them and help you to manage your thoughts and emotions about them. And remember, we don't fight against reality anymore. We're going to do our best, have grace for ourselves, and have grace for our kiddo. Thank you for joining me today on You Might Relate. I hope this topic brought understanding and insight. And if you can relate to something in today's episode, subscribe and leave a review. I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at You Might Relate Podcast. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. The more understanding we create, the better we are as humans. You are in charge of your day, so go make it a good one. Catch you next time.